KKVV listeners on the 1060 AM dial that are sharing in the wonderful blessing here at Abundant Life. For those who are also joining online at www.abundantlifelv.org, it's always a privilege to know based on your views that we have noted online, that you have been checking us out, that you have been worshiping with us. Today is a special day, a special Sabbath here at Abundant Life. We celebrate our Lord and our Savior, uh, his death, burial, and resurrection today. It's communion here at Abundant Life, and we look forward to this mini-baptism this brand-new, uh, sanctifying, soul-washing, cleansing experience. And our speaker today is our very own senior pastor, O'Neill Madden. He is a happily married man, and he is the father of two wonderful children. We are thrilled to hear from him. We have been blessed thus far from his messages, and he has a word for us today. His sermon is entitled, Lord, Is It I? At this time, I invite you to prepare your hearts and lift him up in prayer. Uh, just before he comes to us, we will be blessed by a sacred selection from our youth choir, after which we will hear from Senior Pastor O'Neill Madden. Hear ye him.
Amen. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is healing for your soul. There is healing for my soul. There is healing for Erica Brown's soul. Praise the Lord. This has been a very productive week. Seven days ago, the church entered into prayer. The Holy Spirit told us that we needed to pray. And we claim the promises of Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit prayed through his church. The Holy Spirit prayed through his church. There's no credit for anyone. Pastor, elder, deacon, deaconess, church member. There's no credit. All glory and all honor goes to God. You know, um, when there was no movement, when there seemed to be no cognitive movement, God knew. He has his eyes on his ones that he loves. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm realizing more dimensions and more avenues, more blessings, more ways that God is blessing us that we could ever, we can never imagine. God is good. 2012 has been a year of great revelation for myself, my wife, my family, and here we have this church, the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. Last week, I was truly honored at the outpouring of love that was shown to myself and my family. We were truly blessed, and we say thank you. But in spite of all the gifts that you have given, in spite of everything that you have done, the prayers that you have sent our way, praying for us, in spite of it all, in spite, it pales. It truly pales to what the true intent of what it is, why we're here is. It really pales. Because what I have seen, this last Sabbath was something else, and we thank you for it. But I know that my family and myself, we know that we are in the right place because of one thing that was done. Last week's Sabbath, we asked for prayers. And what we witness is young folks, younger folks, young adults, senior members on their knees agonizing for one soul, praying for healing for Erica Brown. 
praying for her family and the church got down into prayer and the Holy Spirit was praying through us. And I don't know about you, I felt that love. And God told me that you are in the right place. And I'm telling you, we were so blessed. If there was, if you did not have a welcome for my family, that would be the welcome. Just to see the love that we can show to one another. I was talking to Brother Mike this week, and he's just so, I mean, overjoyed at the love and the, 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 I mean, the tsunami proportion of love that was just thrown at his family. He's amazed. And he has said uh, yesterday, he says, listen, if I ever, ever even doubted God before, I sure don't doubt him anymore. I thought that Brother Yancey was lying to me. Thursday night. Thursday morning, we went to the hospital. I saw Elder Brown and the medical staff. They had just uh, spoken to um, Mike, and they were saying, well, we have to take baby steps maybe four weeks, maybe six weeks before we could see any movement or to see where it is going. That was Thursday morning. Thursday night, I got a message from Brother Yancey that said that there was a little movement, a little squeezing of the hand, a little opening of the eye, you know, a, a little recognition of loved ones. I don't know. And I said, you know, um, Maybe Brother Yancey is like um, some, like a Jamaican uncle of mine. He likes to, <laughs> he likes to embellish things, right? <laughs> so I couldn't wait on Friday morning to come to see for myself. <laughs> so after coming and dropping my daughter off here, I rushed to the hospital. And as I rushed in, I, I, I just saw Mike's face and I just saw this beam. <laughs> And I said, well, something is happening. And, and, and Mike just, I mean, he just, I mean, words could not even express. This man could not express the words. He said, man, I mean, she, she as soon as I walked in the room, it's like she, her, health, her head just jolted. And, and, and she was amazed, you know. Their eyes connected for and wow. And I mean, he went by her bedside and she squeezed his hands. And then she heard her father on the left side and, and she just turned around to his voice, which indicated that there was, the, we see the movement of the eyes, the movement of the head, the movement of the arms, the movement of the legs, which indicated that we, serve a prayer answering God if we ever doubted if we ever doubted folks I'm telling you we can't doubt God anymore but we want to praise God for what he has done 
give glory and honor to him. I wanted to take some time to tell you this. I was, uh, I was trying to fix up to get some of our medical staff here in the church to stand and tell you the, the medical terminology of how everything went. But, you know, I'm just saying, well, listen, uh, there is no medical terminology when it comes to the healing of God. Right? God is just good. Praise God. We serve a powerful God. He is a wonderful God. And I just want to give him the glory, the honor, and the praise. Now, I want to help the church. We got to, I want to put on my chaplaincy robe here. And I want to encourage the church. Continue in prayer. Continue lifting up the family. We want it to keep going in the positive that one day when Erica comes limping, <laughs> wheeling, whatever into church that we're going to be celebrating with her but I want you to know that this is when she's going to need your hands even more at that time she's going to need you at her home to help her with her physical therapy feeding or whatever it is they're going to need your help at that time and I want to encourage the church it is good for us now to pray where we are, pray at home. Um, Mike has a lot of support. He has a lot of support. But at this time, it's good for us to, um, from a close distance, support them. Don't flood the hospital. Don't flood her room. We don't want to stress her. You know, we want, we want the Lord just to continue doing the Lord is able to do things even when we send our SOS prayers from our home and even from the church, right? So I want to encourage you, please. Um, you know, we could uh, send a little text message or call any of the pastoral staff, the elders, you know, uh, close family members. Just keep in touch with them. But try to minimize the, the flood at the hospital, you know. Uh, we don't, you know... Love is good, but we don't want too much. <laughs> if we, we can't have too much love, but you know what I mean, right? We just want to keep it um, moving in this way, and we don't want to stress our dear sister and the family out. So I'm just asking the church, just at this time, just to be very mindful in that manner, and we do thank you for your prayers. Amen? Praise the Lord. Is God good? All the time? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we prepare ourselves to open your word, we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will touch and lead us and just uh, speak through me, Father. I pray that we will be prepared in a special way to take off the emblems here and that we will see more of Christ and less of us. Bless your people once again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 18, that our dear master Jesus, back then, he decided that he wanted to get his disciple ready for an all-important service. For many years, the 
Jewish people have celebrated what they call the Passover. Uh, that was a commemoration of the deliverance of God out of uh, uh, his people, out of Egypt. And they celebrated that Passover, the Passover in commemoration of that. And Jesus now in verse 18 of Matthew 26, he said unto uh, his disciples, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Verse 19, and the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them. And they made ready the Passover. And now when even was come, he sat down with the twelve. He sat down with the twelve. With these disciples that he has mentored, these disciples that he has taught, he sat down with them. Verse 21 said, And as he did, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. He sat down with the twelve, but Jesus was not very clear in his speech. He said that one of you shall betray me. Now it's very interesting as I study this word and I, I looked at various commentaries on this, you know, that the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, we have sinned. We have sinned. Every one of us have betrayed God. Every single one of us. There is no righteous person that is standing in this place. None without God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus is saying in verse 21 that one of you shall betray me. And that's the interesting thing about it. That led the disciples to have a soul searching of themselves. Verse 22 came about and, and they were exceedingly sorrowful, exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Lord, is it I? Am I the one that is betraying you? Am I the one? This is our sermon title. Lord, is it I? Am I betraying you, Lord? Now, if you're betraying someone, wouldn't you know? Why would you have to ask the question? Is it me? Peter stood up with his growly voice. Lord, is it I? Is it I? Everyone. 
asked the questions. Everyone was asking the question, Lord, is it I? And he answered in verse 23 and said unto, he said to them, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The same shall betray me. And so they're wondering and saying, well, I'm sitting at the edge of the table. I'm here. And what, you know, I'm, was I the one? And they're looking deep down within themselves, questioning. You know, it's interesting when your conscience hits you. And you are, you are in a mode of searching yourself. You are examining yourself. You want to know that if you are worthy to be at that table and you are seeking for a solution, Lord, it's me. That, that, that sin, perhaps, that, I, that lie that I told, maybe the master knew. You know, maybe that's what he's talking about. You know, I, I, I spoke to my wife a little rough. Maybe that was it. You know, maybe I wasn't forgiven for this. So they're asking all these questions and thinking of all their past sins, thinking that maybe they're the one. Is it I? Verse 24, the son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Strong words. Then Judas, verse 25 now. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. Now you have to understand the context of this. They were in this upper room. They were in this upper chamber. And as they were told this, that one of you shall betray me, every other disciple, all of the eleven, said, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? And the Lord ignored all of them. He ignored all of them. All he said that is the one that dipped with me in the dish, but he never directly addressed any of them. Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? But as it came down to it now, the one that was guilty, he was probably, you know, thinking in himself, how could I mask this? And he didn't come out of the block so soon. But he came afterwards now and he didn't respond the same way or ask the same question that the disciples asked. Instead of saying, Lord, he said, Master. Instead of saying, Lord, Master, is it I? Is Jesus just your Master? Or is he your Lord? Can Jesus come into your life? Does he have access to every avenue of your life? Does he have access to every corner of your life? Or is there some door in your heart that is closed? 
Is there something in your life that you cannot address? You cannot even come and, and be clear to God about. Is there something that's in your life that is a secret, top secret, sealed, you can't enter in? Think with me. Judas knew what he was doing. He knew his plans. He knew it was well sealed and concealed. And the interesting thing about it, when I look into Luke's account, Luke's account brings it out in a, in a, in a very unique way. And we consult Dr. Luke. And Dr. Luke said something that was very interesting. And check it out in Luke chapter 22, verse 3, and 3 to 5. It said something that was so distinct from all the other gospel writers. Luke chapter 22, verse 3 to 5. It indicates Luke is straight. He gives the diagnosis. He gives the problem. And he says, Judas, this was Judas's problem. You know, sometimes that's why I like some doctors. They just come. They don't beat around the bush. They just, bam, this is what it is. And so Dr. Luke comes down now and he says this uh, in verse 3 of Luke chapter 22. It says, then entered Satan into Judas, surname Iscariot. There is no mistake in it. This is the Judas, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed and communed and communed with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. Now check the word out. It says that Luke, that in Luke, that Judas, Satan entered him. And he communed. He communed with the wrong group. He communed with the wrong crowd. He communed with individuals that wanted the head of Jesus. He communed with the enemy. Are you communing with the enemy today? Did you come to communion just to show off? Did you come to communion just to say that, well, I am a, uh, I'm, I'm a fifth generation Seventh-day Adventist and I have a right to be at this table? Did you come to communion filled with the Holy Ghost or filled with Satan? Who are you communing with? Who are you fellowshipping with? Luke comes down and says very clearly that Judas, he came to communion, but he didn't come to commune with the Lord. Jesus had washed his feet. Jesus had stooped down and washed the feet of the betrayer, Judas. Washed his feet. And Judas you know, he was happy. Yes, you know, um, what I've done is carefully concealed. No one knows. But Jesus, Jesus comes straight and says, listen, one of you, one of you are, are in the process of betraying me. And Luke brings out the point that Judas had communed with the wrong crowd. I know you're searching your heart right now. Whenever the audience gets very quiet, 
you're thinking, wow, Lord, am I really forgiven? Is it really clear? That's, that's the way it should be. Search. I'm even searching myself. But here, Judas, he knew now that the master, that the Lord knew what he was up to. And Judas, now back to verse 25 of, of uh, Matthew chapter 26. It says now, and then Judas, which betrayed him, answered unto, answered unto him and said, Master, is it I? And Jesus says, well, thou hast said. Verse 26, and as they were eating, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, break it, and gave it unto disciples, and says, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, and saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood in the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this, the fruit of this vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And they sung a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Very interesting story. All the disciples, the 11 went with Jesus, and one went with the devil. The 11 went with the one that they communed with, and the one, Judas, went with who he communed with. There is a battle that is going on right now, and the battle is a battle for your souls. It's a battle for your soul. And there is no lying, there is no kidding about this. You may think that this is just some kind of traditional thing that we come to as Seventh-day Adventists. This is a true battle. There is a war that is being waged right now. I, I preached about it a few uh, weeks ago. And this, wage, this battle that's being waged, it is for your mind. It is for your mind. And Satan is sending all his, I mean, his battalions and of angels to battle, to get your attention. He wants you to enter into communion with you, with him. And so you, there are many individuals that uh, steeped into conspiracies and say, well, the Masonic uh, Lodge, uh, the Illuminatis, and all of these New Agers, they're infiltrating the Seventh-day Adventist church. True. Yes, it's happening. You have, you have double agents in the church. You have some elders and some leaders in the church. Double agents. They are standing in allegiance. They're standing in allegiance to the devil. And they're like robots, and they are fooling around in God's church. 
They know who they are. They, knew, they know the plans of the enemy. And they are pretending to be who they are not. Double agents. In one of my churches, when I was growing up, I think I was the, one of the elders and the youth leader. And we were sitting in a certain meeting. And while we were sitting in that meeting, and uh, uh, prayer was called, we noticed there was a brother that was in the church who was the first elder. Not saying anything against you, brother. <laughs> this brother was the first elder of the church. And when prayer was called, the man took his Bible up, and he did some sign on the Bible, and... And I mean, it was, we said, you know, this is strange. This is no doodling or no playing of the hands. This was something. And he did some circular sign on whatever it is. And there was a sister that was sitting on the other side. We were slightly behind him. And we looked over at each other. And, and we were like saying. And then afterwards, you know, I started checking into things, realizing that this man was the head of the lodge in Montreal. And for years, this man was the leading in the church. And he was the head of the lodge, and his wife was the head of the, the women. It was a lodge that was called the Orange Men. The Orange Men. And we were shocked when we realized this. We were blown away. We couldn't believe it. This man was the head of this. And I mean, then it all came to, you know, I, I remember visiting this man's house. And this man used to love movies. But he didn't like love movies or family movies. It was always these movies that was these, you know, these murder movies or what have you. These gruesome things. That's all he liked. Then I realized, I said, there, that's where it is adding up. Immediately when this man was, we, we didn't want to as, we didn't want to challenge it right on hand. Maybe we should have. But eventually, he was replaced. And as he was replaced, and he was no more an elder, or no more a leader, he stopped coming to church. I bumped into him last year. I had gone on from that church, and I bumped into him. And you know what the man said to me? He said, now I'm a pastor. He says, you know, Pastor Madden, can you see that my name be removed from the books? That's all he had to say. Double agents in God's church. Could you be one of them? Could I be one of them? Yes, it's possible. The question that I want to ask you as I close this out, where do you stand? Some of us were heading in that direction, pledging allegiance to the devil right now, and we don't even know it. We don't even know it. There is a battle that is going on right now, and the battle is for your mind. 
And we have to be decisive about it. We need to have the word of God in our mind. We have to be thoroughly baptized in the word of God on a daily basis. We got to be prayed up. We got to be suited up in the Holy Ghost. Because listen, guys, it's a battle. It's a war out there. Right? And if you stand unprepared, you are dead. God, he wants to save every single one of us. Every one of us, every person within this church, he wants to save you. He loves you. Everybody that is listening on the radio right now, he wants to save you. Everybody that is listening over the internet, the TV, what have you, he wants your salvation. And all you have to do is surrender your life and say, Christ, I can't do it alone. I have to be like those, those, those 11 disciples. Lord, is it I? And if it is me, Lord, please show me how. What do I have to do? Judas, Jesus told him it was him. And Jesus, there was a way for Judas to reform himself if he had just surrendered and accepted the forgiveness, but he didn't. He continued selfishly, stubbornly in his own way. And as a result of it, he lost out an eternity. Folks, God is calling us. He's calling us to stand for him. He's calling us to stand. Now, you're going to be hearing me saying all these appeals and all of this, but listen, God has given me a burden, and he says, listen, anytime you stand to break my word, to open my word, you got to open the church because you don't know what someone has gone through in the week. You don't know what battles they have fought. You don't know where they are. You do not have knowledge, and I don't. And all I have to do is to preach the word of God, present it to you, and present the argument, and give you an opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And so I'm, I'm impressed to call out. If you want to give your life to Christ, you want to make sure that your salvation is secure in him. I'm asking someone to stand for Christ today. You want to make sure you're saying, listen, I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want, I want my life to be meaningful. I don't want to be considered any double agent, whether or whatever it is. I want to stand for Christ today. I want to yield my life fully over to him. I'm asking somebody to stand today. God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God, Christo. God has called you out of darkness into, your, into his marvelous light. And we got to stand. We got to know where we stand. We got to know where we stand. And I'm telling you, the battle right now is fierce. And you may think that, oh, well, it's all peace and everything. But the end is upon us. And we got to know where we stand. We got to know who we are communing with. Are you communing with Jesus or with Satan? Someone needs to stand and to give themselves to Christ today. Keep standing, Crystal.
someone needs to stand today. Praise God. Praise God. Someone needs to stand and give their lives to Christ today. Before it is too late. Today. Today, praise the Lord. Someone needs to stand for Christ today. God is telling you to stand. I see you, Kayla. Stand. Someone needs to stand today, today for Christ. Not tomorrow. I know that we are saying right now, yeah, I'm going to read up what the pastor is saying and everything. And, you know, it's, but I'll see, right? See it now. Praise God. God wants you to stand today. He wants you to stand for him today before it is too late. Young man, it is important for you to stand. Young woman, senior, you need to stand for Christ today. Won't you stand? Won't you give your life to him today? I know this service is prolonged, but it is prolonged for your salvation. Will you not give your life to Christ today? Jesus Christ, praise God, Jesus Christ died for you. Died for you. Died for you. Died for you. There was this gentleman in, that I met in Montreal, and he was telling me where he was. He used to go to the lodge and all of that. Then he realized that he was following in the wrong direction. They were reading scriptures. They were doing all these community things. But then he realized, no, there is a deception behind it all. If Satan wants to deceive you, praise God, sister. If Satan wants to deceive you, all he has to come, he has to come with 1% lie. That's all he has to have, 99% truth, but 1% lie. And that's all he has to do. Today. Salvation needs to come to someone's house today. Will you not stand for Christ today? Will you not yield your life today? Will you not say, Christ, I want you in my life? Will you not stand today for Christ? Stand today. Jesus wants a renewal. Someone called me and said, Pastor, when are we going to have the next baptism? And I'm saying baptism we're going to have before this year ends. Perhaps the last Sabbath or the second to last Sabbath. We're going to have these Sabbaths as baptismal Sabbaths. And we're going to baptize. If we have to baptize the whole city of Las Vegas, we'll do it. Jesus Christ wants salvation today. Salvation to come to your house. Make sure everyone that is standing get a card. Everyone. Everyone standing. You need to have a card. Salvation has come to your house today. As we prepare ourselves to pray. I want to ask for one more person. One more person. One more person. Praise God. Praise God. Make sure everyone that is standing get a card. Whether you're a member, visitor or not, everyone 
Everyone gets a card. Salvation. Salvation has come to your house. As we prepare ourselves to pray, even in the prayer, stand for God. Stand for God. Let us pray. God in heaven, we ask for one thing. We ask, Lord, that you be lifted up in the lives of each and every person that is standing today. We pray, Father, that you will anoint them. Help them that they, to know that they have been appointed. You have brought them through their lives, Lord, for such a time as this, Lord, when they will yield their all to you. Lord, as we prepare these souls to be baptized, to be renewed, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that indeed that whatever hold the devil has on them, that it will be broken. I pray, Father, that you will help each and every person within the hearing of my voice, Lord, to have true communion with you. There may be someone that is listening on the airways, Lord, that want to surrender their lives, Lord. Help them to contact us, Lord, by the information that is provided. I pray, Father, that you will just touch us, that you will help us to know, Father, that this is the last day. And there is a, a cliff. There is a cliff, Lord. This may not be a fiscal one, but there is a cliff that is coming, Lord, and that is the end time, Lord. And if that time comes, Lord, and we are not prepared, it is doom for our souls. I pray, Father, that you renew us, that you will just pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, just take full control of your church, Lord. We want you to have the steering wheel of our lives. We want you to be the navigator of our lives, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you will just touch each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that you will step into our lives and make us whole. Heal our homes, Lord. Heal our situations, whatever they may be. Heal it, Lord. We just give you praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory, Lord, for all that you are doing and all that you continue to do for your people. Yes, Bless us, Lord. Anoint us. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And now we will have communion with our Lord. And at this time, I want to ask the elders to join us as we transition into the communion service.